You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Hey guys, I'm Matt Testro. I'm Yannis Vadignot. From Wild and Mineral Way. We're excited to be chatting to you today ahead of the release of all eight episodes on SBS and SBS On Demand. Hello. Hey. Okay. Let's talk about Wild and Mineral Way. As I just mentioned to you while we were kind of not recording, but um, I have watched every single episode. I am hooked. I just want a second season now. That's where I'm at. Us too. Us too. Yeah. Let's all put it out to the universe. I just want a second second season right now because I need to know. I feel like, oh, I don't want to say that because it won't give something away. It's not going to give anything away. I feel like every character was tied up li- nicely, but then all of a sudden I'm like, no, but there needs to be so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I think that there was there was like a pretty little bow on it, but I'm, I don't, it feels like that there's there's a lot of room to to go and there's so much more of that little world and time period to uh, search through, I suppose. Absolutely. Okay, so before I start giving things away because I'm just completely obsessed and need to, like, talk about all the little bits, which I'm not allowed to, which really sucks, but I really need to talk about it all. Let's, one of you, if one of you could give me, for anyone who doesn't know what While the Men Were Away, can somebody please, Matt, how about you? Oh, no, Yana, how oh, about I was just, I was just passing, passing that to Matt. <laughs> passing that to Matt. Oh, she's passed it back. I don't know what I'm about to say. Can someone please give the elevator pitch? The, the elevator pitch. Ooh, wow. A look at 1940s Australia through a lens and perspective we've never seen before. It was a short elevator ride. We only went one floor. but That was one floor, man. That was one floor. One floor. How, I don't know. What's, like, what's the regulation about? I think we want six stories here. Well, okay, then. Okay, you go. You go. While the Men Are Away is a fresh take on 1940s wartime Australia. We're looking at Australia in the absence of men when they're off at war and what the women get up to, which is all sorts of naughty things. And we have one man who's a part of the cast, a conscientious objector. But it's a look at these, a group of five people and what they get up to working in the women's land army while the men are away. It's hard. It is hard to encapsulate. It's such like a little, it's a, it's a little ball of chaos. It's just, it's absolutely, it's crazy. The show is crazy. I mean, there are so many threads. I find it. I remember this is the first question I was asked in the, um, like in the interview on set for the, the EPK. And I just started flailing. I was like, when, uh, uh, like, let me start. Cause it, there are so many threads. There are so many characters and there are so many delicious sub stories, but it is very hard to, I would just say it's a riot of an ensemble show set in 1940s Australia. And when we're saying while the men are away, just for, to clarify, it's while the men are away at war. Yes. 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 That's, that's correct. That one guy is, except, except I, 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 I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is away at war, but yeah, it's it's very much while the men are away. And there are what I love about this show is it has everything. You have a little bit of mystery, you have a little bit of intrigue, you have love stories, you have all of those kind of amazing things that make something so awesome. But I'm going to start with you, Matt. 
Can you mm. explain how your character ties in without giving away any spoilers? Yeah. Um, so Robert is a conscientious objector. Uh, uh, he's a he's a conscientious objector to the war. Um, he's a Robert's um Robert's a, a young bisexual man um, living out in rural Australia, and it wasn't a very accommodating time to to people like him in the you know early nineteen forties. Um, and uh, he feels quite you know like it's a it's a struggle for him to want to go and risk his life for people that don't have his best interests at heart and for people he's got to hide his his true self from and um we we meet him when um the lovely Gwen and Esther um come and join Frankie's farm Robert's a a farmhand for Frankie and um yeah his story sort of takes off from there but that's why he's he's still sticking around and um he's certainly at the at the mercy and constant ridicule of his um of the local townspeople out in bush and um you know he's got to he's got to deal with a lot and what about you yana so tell me how your character ties in which is esther yeah so esther is one of the two naive city girls that uh, is recruited to this farm to work on the women's land army while the men are away She's been sent there by her worried Jewish mother who wants to protect her. Um, she's a Polish migrant growing up in Australia. So that's kind of her pocket of history within the show. And she's a sheltered young girl and her world just opens up on the farm. She, uh, I think S is really exciting. She's full of surprises and I loved playing her as a character because I have not seen a young Jewish girl like this on Aussie TV before. It's authentic and it's wild and it's her world. Yeah. Just kind of, she's allowed to explore who she really is on the farm outside of the paradigm of 1940s Australia and what that meant for women and what that meant for a young Jewish woman in a very sheltered family. So you suddenly see she's this like wickedly creative and adventurous and daring and naughty girl <laughs> and um how refreshing is that the young jewish creative cookie who's just full of surprises it was like a joy to play i think she's a really endearing and beautiful beautiful character i think what i loved about esther was her evolution was so paramount to, to the entire series mm, she is not who she was an F1 in F8, that's that's for sure. I think that's all I can probably say. <laughs> I almost want to go back and watch F1 again just to be like, oh, my gosh, like is this how they all presented at the beginning? Because when you kind so of, you know, isn't it so weird, like when you watch an entire season and especially when you binge it like I did and you're like, oh, my God, what was it like at the beginning? No, totally. We actually shot, there's like the way that Esther is bookended in the show is we shot like a, a dinner table scene and, in F1 and then there's another dinner table scene in F8 and it's her with like David Kleinberg her husband at the beginning and then at the end and we shot those two scenes back to back because obviously it's the same location so it was just like okay and now put her hair down and now cut to eight apps later and I was as like you know a theater girl coming from like a theater background I was like oh don't you just love film but like I got there and I like I was like, okay, now I'm sexually liberated. <laughs> and it was, it's completely different. 
Yes. <laughs> Without saying too much, there's a lot of yeah. deliberation in now this she's, show. She's literally, yeah, we'll just say yeah. that. One thing that did um, strike me as incredible was the effect on, I think this is something that no one really ever kind of, unless you lived in that time, no one really understands what the effect on everybody at home was. I think everyone kind of always looks at what happened at war, but you never really, I guess, look at what was happening on the home front. Did you guys find that learning about that was quite interesting? Totally. Also just the fact that there's a story that is about war, but it's adjacent to the war. It's not on the battlefield. It's like looking at the very domestic effects. And in this instance, it's ironically quite liberating for all these women because for the first time in Australian wartime, women were given jobs, they were given wages, and it was a liberation in many ways. And that was, it's it's kind of like unspoken about because God forbid should there be anything um, liberating about war, but for women it was. And then like, you know, post-war 1950s, it was just like back to the house, but yeah, even learning about the rations, like there's a scene in Ep 3 where we all get our pay and it's just like, yeah, we were working the land army, but like we were not paid as much as men. We stepped in and our pay lowered. And like for an indigenous, an indigenous woman, not even money, a cigarette. Yeah, so it was interesting in many ways. You actually touched on something that I was so shocked about, that the indigenous community were paid in literally cigarettes and flour and sugar. Mm. I mean, it's it's just crazy to believe that was, actually it was 80 years ago. I was going to say 60 years ago. My brain is still in year 2000. <laughs> but if that, you know, that's crazy to me that that still happens. Um, now, you two, without giving anything away, but you two had some extremely compelling scenes together. I mean, really compelling in for so many reasons. What was it like working together? And Matt, I'll get you to answer this one. Um, I, I think, uh, for me, uh, Robert was such a, a, a different character from, from what I've, you know, been able to had the opportunity to play over the, over the past few years and, um, having, you know, this very human connection that's, you know, so nuanced and, and intricate was, you know, always going to be uh, like, I had it in, in my head, it was going to be this big challenge. And, and in a lot of ways it was, but I, I got to have yarns opposite me. And, um, I, I just always felt like she was so giving and, and committed to, to making that work. And, um, it was, it was tough to navigate because like Jan has mentioned before, you know, a lot of it shot out of order as a lot of the time that happens in, in television. And so you're trying to keep track of what is, what is their relationship at this point? And it's so convoluted and it's so, um, there's so much going into it. Um, I, I can't, it's, it's hard. It's like, um, it's almost like playing reverse Mad Libs or something because I got to leave out so many blanks. But um, they, I think they have an, an incredible dynamic, and it was a it was a, a terrific challenge to to play and to try to bring to life on screen because I think that their their relationship and and what that evolves and devolves into at so many different points is I think such a central part. To the story and it, I think it's a really really beautiful part of the story as well and I think it was a it was a privilege to play actually and it was so well written um Kim Wilson the the writer just did an amazing job with um with those characters and and with their story it was it was a privilege to play 
Absolutely. Yana, what about you? What was it like working together? Terrible? Awful? I can imagine. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> no, it was so, it was really lovely. I was very much a newcomer. It's my first sort of TV um, role in this capacity. And Matt has been around the ropes and was such a massive support. And um, again, yeah, echoing what Matt said, it was shot out of order and their relationship does have such an evolution. I mean, it's that classic, like, much ado about nothing, like <laughs> kind of cutting <laughs> yeah. heads um, until they stop. Um, and so, yeah, tr tracking where they were in, in terms of that, their relationship that I find it was such a beautiful thing to play. Like it, like Matt said, it was actually a privilege. But it was so beautiful to see. I think the core cast that you have is so talented. I mean, it is beyond, I, I can't believe the talent we have in this country sometimes. I just think it, no. and, and as a core cast, you are all quite unbelievably talented. It was, it was astounding to watch. What did you think of the outer cast? Because they really, really made, when I say outer, you know, your core cast, what they really made part of, they made the time come alive, I guess you could say. We said that while we were shooting so many times, just like, man, this, this show is so, so well cast. Like the, the guests that sort of, you know, people that came on and had, you know, they were in one episode or they were off across a few episodes, but were only on set for a few days. Um, they were all, every single one of them, so, so good. Like, it was it was it was crazy um i just it, it, even down to the the little kids they were unreal they the kids they, stole the they? show <laughs> they brought the house down they brought the they house so down good. they were they were amazing no we had um we we were privileged to have that many incredible actors around us at all times um i just think yeah I, you know we had some we had some Aussie legends around us coming yeah. on to, you know, do um, help us out with our little shoot on on different days, and it was just unreal to have them come in and do their thing for a day or two, and then take off. It was like, oh yeah, they were amazing. Thanks for that. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming in and showing us up. Like, actually, like rejuvenated. I think the filming yeah. process because we'd have these sporadic moments of like Australian icons like rocking up to set yeah. and yeah. really teaching us a lot and exciting us all yeah. yeah i don't know if you guys just saw me but getting really excited because all i'm gonna say is robert's mum. yeah i was oh yeah. my god i was like oh my god <laughs> i know but my mum was freaking out i told my mum, and, and she was just like oh i was an extra on that <laughs> oh my god no way was was she? Like, yeah she's a dancer <laughs> So wow. Everyone who listens to this is probably going to be like, we have to watch this immediately just to find out who they're talking about. Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was truly like my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, firstly, I didn't know she was still acting. Love that for her. Secondly, I it was the best cameo, not a cameo because it wasn't growing up. But I was like, oh, my God, was this supposed to be a surprise? Because that really was amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and she was awesome. Oh, like, stop. Was, so, she, was she the yeah. best? Okay, let's just talk about her. <laughs> yeah, no, she just like just so so lovely. I don't even did you did you get a chance to meet her at all yet? 
I like crossed paths. <laughs> this is so fangirl. <laughs> I know we're all fangirl like and no one knows who we're with, talking about. <laughs> I like crossed paths with her as I was entering to do one of our intimate scenes. So I was also like quite like nervous. And then I was even more nervous because I was like, that was Tara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it was the best thing ever. Speaking of intimate scenes, I mean, everybody has an intimate scene in this with this gives nothing away because no one, no one got away no, no one, got, one got away from having a very 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 intimate scene oh god like i was actually blown away by it wasn't graphic because it that's not the word i'm looking for do you know what i'm saying it was just quite it, it was quite confronting quite raw, quite raw. yeah yeah, yeah um, I, know, I know what you're saying yeah, yeah. talk to me about the intimacy coordinator because this person this role I find the most fascinating on set is the intimacy coordinator. Mm. So how who was your inter- intimacy coordinator and how did you work with them? Uh Michaela. I mean, you know, she was she was pretty awesome. You know, she um really, you know, you really gotta, I guess, um dot your T's and cross your I's and that um and that uh sort of role, you know, it's, there's a there's a lot that goes into it. And um, you know, I I, I guess for me it there was um there was a lot of work done in the rehearsal stage um, to make that a, a comfortable and, and safe place to work in, and I, I think they did a remarkable job doing that um, in, in my experience of it. Yeah. yeah, but it's definitely definitely a job that I, oh, man, you know, that's you really got to be on the ball and really got to know what you're doing because you are you are putting people in a space that you know can be really confronting. Um, you know, especially when you and it's not just not just with the the physical stuff, but also with the emotional stuff that's going on in um in with it that's all tied in as well. So, you know, it is it is something that's very important. I, I mean, the, that for me was the the first time I had to do any scenes like that. Um, so I didn't I didn't know that they used to not have intimacy coordinators. So I had you know um a, another another actress uh, Anna that I was um working with that I had I had some scenes with and. And she was just like, oh, we didn't used to have this. This is new. I was like, wait, what? That's insane. Like people would just rock up and just be like, all right, cool. Like kits off. Like, let's go. Um, which is crazy um, to think. Um, I can't imagine not having someone in that capacity there, to be honest. But, yeah. It be so, I mean, and please don't answer this if you don't want to, but I just, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know if maybe it's having a confidence. Like, do you think it's having a confidence to get, or do you kind of go into a different space when you do those scenes? Like, I've always just been really curious to know. I think you do go into a bit of a different space, and I think the intimacy coordination assists with that, and you start to view the mechanisms of the scene as almost a dance or a script itself like i think that every movement every gesture that is in any kind of intimate scene whether it's just touching someone's face and you know not kissing that is an act of intimacy and i think every gesture and every beat um says something and i think you learn that with an intimacy coordinator because you're you're kind of eagle eyeing a moment and you're looking at where you're touching someone and you look at it like a dance, but you start to think about what those things indicate. And in that way, you feel like you are acting a scene um, when you go on set. But I think that 
yeah, it's obviously was nerve wracking, I think for, yeah. for both of us, but, yeah. um, you do go into another space, I feel. And it's, I remember like Liz, the dire- Alyssa was kind of like giving us direction as we were doing it, you know, and shouting things over the monitor. And, um, so it's never like it's almost choreographic i think in some in some ways it's i don't that's know that's a great way to put it though it's like a dance like you would, and you would never as somebody who's watching i think you would just never understand what goes into a scene like that i think that that's why i find intimacy coordinators quite fascinating also because they're not just the physical touch they are about the emotion behind it. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that that's something that's on set. I, fi- I find that kind of stuff amazing. Yeah. It's not just about, I mean, it's totally about consent and boundaries, but also like how do you portray intimacy and how can you elevate the intimacy of a moment in different ways? And um, like I said before, something as simple as just touching someone's face can be highly intimate. So. I mean, if yeah. you think about it in real life, it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, like do you know that moment where you sit down with someone and your arms just kind uh, of touch, you don't even know them, and you're like, oh, God. like <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I totally understand. And then also if you're working with people that you've never worked with before, I mean, this is like obviously in your field, it's it's it, it can be like a dance. There you go. I love that. Kind of moving away from that. I, I do want to kind of touch on back on what Matt said about the Robert being bisexual. What I did love about While the Men Were Away is there is such a huge queer presence or LGBTQIA presence, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it was put there because it needed to be put there. It felt like part of the story. Yeah, I, I, think, that the, I think that the show doesn't, uh, um, does a really wonderful job of never being on the nose. You know what I mean? Like sometimes no matter, no matter how positive a message, sometimes if it's, if it's not well told, it's not well received. And so I, I think that the show does this wonderful job of that being, you know, a real part of this world because of the way it's written and because of the way it was directed and because of the, the care and love and experiences and personal stories going into the creation of the show. I think that it's done really genuinely, and um, I feel like that is that that's the most effective delivery system for so many of the messages that the show has for its audience. And um, mm. I think it does it while making its audience laugh and love and fret um, and laugh again. <laughs> and it I, is I, a roller coaster ride as an audience member. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I think it does a great job. Like if you're gonna. If you if you want to, we we learn through stories. We always we've been doing that for thousands of years, and um, you know if you want to share a new perspective that you feel has been you know underrepresented in in our media or in our culture, then the best way to to deliver that message is through a great story. And I think that that's what they did first and foremost here is that they told a great story first and foremost and had some great messages in it. Um, and I think that that was one of the things I was most proud of um, watching the show back. Yeah. Just on that, I mean, one thing that also stood out to me as an audience member was that it's 1940s, yet every single character, and like you said, not on the nose, it was like a microcosm of what it would be. Like you had an, an Italian immigrant, you had an Indigenous person, you had girls who, a Jewish 
a Jewish girl, you had a girl who was exploring her sexuality, you know, like it was just the most amazing microcosm of society and also those who were kind of overlooked back then? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these people just because they're, you know, they've been, you know, unfortunately so invisible in our in our media and storytelling since that time doesn't mean that they were not there. And those people were there and those people did have stories to tell. And um, you know, I think that Kim and, and Alyssa and, and, and the creators of this show did an incredible job, you know, zeroing in on that and bringing that little awesome group of um, people together and watching them just stick them on a farm and watch them bounce off each other and let chaos ensue. To, yeah, to even yeah. see all those diverse cultures in the same room, I found it so exciting, and I didn't found it. I didn't find it removed from reality at all. I mean, there is a just to see like a young Jewish girl and an indigenous young woman cutting onions together in a kitchen, like how special! And also like it's like different minorities people that don't people on the fringes all in one space there's so much beauty and poetry in that and you know it's like these are the groups that have to rally for one another like a lot of the time i mean like i was like i learned in school about the the indigenous people were the first people in australia to lead a protest during kristallnacht which was a a massive um massacre in 1938 who against the jews in germany and the only group of people that protested in australia were an indigenous group led by william cooper and i think like you know there are so many um iterations of that if you look at the different groups within the farm like how queer people have shown support you know for like for, for the indigenous and 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 different minorities kind of holding space for one another and i think this show is such a testament to that absolutely and it felt so organic as well exactly and i think what matt said before as well about sometimes like being on the nose like i think a lot of tv can be just so like putting things in for the sake of it and you're kind of like why would you why put it it, it feels like for the sake of it and i think this was just so natural and organic before you guys go do you mind if i just ask you one more thing did you learn anything about your own histories by doing this did you do you both have history that leads back to 1940s australia at all yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, my my grandfather on my on my dad's side was one of thirteen brothers and sisters, so he had, um, you know, himself and so many different brothers that were either at war or at home. Um, and he was at he was at home because he was a, he was a coppersmith, so considered an essential trade and had to had to stay home. So, you know, whereas opposed to his younger brother was a chocolate soldier over in Kokoda. So, you've got two such massive different dynamics of what one would have been experiencing. I mean, God knows sort of what my my grandfather went through, just what people would have assumed about him or maybe they don't. I wasn't there, but it, it would have been a – and he didn't speak about it much, neither of them did. Um, so I didn't I didn't get those, four, um, like, stories, and they sort of they, – they passed on when I was sort of, you know, 14, 15, so I wasn't asking questions at that mm. time. But just thinking about them, they're the only connection I had to that sort of time. So, 
it was just like, yeah, I, you know, can't, I can only, only could sort of try to imagine what the dynamic was even between brothers, like one going off to fight and one staying behind. And um, that was sort of the only family connection I, I really, really had to that time that I could speak to directly, I suppose. Still pretty amazing. That's a that's an incredible story. Yeah, oh, there's um, <clears throat> I, you know, I just I just wish I would have been able to, you know, would have been able to ask him more about what that was, what that was like, you know, um, being stuck here because I, you know, with a with a tradesman sort of looked at one way, or did if you were there, did they just assume you were essential, or did they just sort of think that everyone that was essential was sort of just a dodger that was, you know, essential. Um, claim themselves to be essential. Um, <clears throat> so it's a, yeah, God knows. Um, but I got a little bit of a, most of my look at what that was like was through Robert. I mean, the character was so well written and the story in the world was so well written. It was like, okay, um, if I want to know what this was like, I'm going to get it, I can get it from the page. Um, you know, and that's one, one thing I really loved about Robert was that he, um, he handled all of that all of that strife and all of that pressure and with a bit of wit and humor and, and charm and at least, at least when he was out and about. And, um, I just thought that was a really wonderful part of him. One of my favorite parts of him. Yeah. That was a very long winded way to answer that question. No, it was, it was beautiful. And you played him Thank beautifully. You. Yana, what about you, darling? Have you learned anything about your history through this show? I. Uh, have like quite a sort of close history to World War Two, um, given the Holocaust and my fam, my fam, like I have a Ukrainian Jewish heritage, so it was deeply kind of moving, especially later into the season, um, when news of what's happening in Europe reaches the farm. Um, yeah, I mean, my grandparents, my great grandparents were in hiding all of. World War II, um, when there was, yeah, pervasive threat of Nazi Germany. And, um, they had friends who were shipped off to concentration camps. Um, but luckily they remained in hiding. Um, and then I'm a bit of a, like a cocktail, like the other side of my family is from the UK. Um, and, strangely enough my like great-grandfather on my mum's side he was a man named like Walter Moxie Dunn and he <laughs> invented the Boeing the Boeing 747 plane like during the war yeah it's so bizarre <laughs> I know <laughs> how we know anything this long you've what? never told me relatives it's so Boeing. strange yeah I think I'm he... so personally upset and offended with you right now like yeah. I'm I'm not. I love it. Keep going. I can't imagine, like, Hanukkah at my house was so strange. We've got my kind of British grandparents and then my Ukrainian grandparents that barely spoke any English. Um, and, yeah, very bizarre. But I, I wouldn't say so much that I learned anything new, but because that stuff was such a part of, like, my youth growing up. Like, I went to a, a Jewish school in Elstonwick and everyone were like all the all the families there they had migrated from eastern europe from from like you know poland or or russia or um so it was a big thing in my life growing up 
um, like there's something called Yom HaShoah, which is like you remember the Holocaust and every year at school we'd have survivors come and they had like the number on their arm and they would speak to students. And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to do something in Australia that's adjacent to that, honestly. But yeah. Kind of healing in, yeah. in a way. Yeah, it was. And also nice, like the rituals that are shared amongst Kathleen and Esther in episode seven. Yeah. Uh, the day gosh. that we shot that was like, there was just this energy in the air. Like we'd done the burning ceremony that was led by Indigenous elders. And then we did the Sukkot ceremony um, that Esther like hosts for the farm. And it was just such a, again, like to have all those cultures in the same show and to be able to share that was such a rare thing. It was such a big day. Uh, it was <laughs> a big day. We were all like, like yeah affected by it i think but i can imagine that's quite emotional i was emotional watching it i thought that was brilliant mm. i mean i was just sitting here when you guys were telling your stories of war i was like we are that generation that have such a close ties but had nothing to do with yeah. it because my my great abuelo in the philippines was captured by a japanese submarine and and never to be seen again so and they were in the Philippines in in the in World War Two. So you just it's insane to me that all of us sitting here, ranging from you both in your late twenties, is that She's right? She's in her early twenties. I'm in my late twenties. No, I'm twenty four. That's not early. I turned twenty five soon. Honey, when it's twenty five and under, you're early. Take a while. You got um, it. No, but it just. <laughs> but it is it's it's quite bizarre that you know i'm 37 um and so you'd like just even this generation of ours we all have that incredible close tie to war and i think this is why this show is going to speak to so many different people and people will relate because we are a multicultural society and even just hearing you like so many people's experiences that are like strands from different cultures you're like a half half baby like me like it's just totally oh my gosh this has been just so beautiful um I guess to finish up in terms of what you've learned about yourselves from exploring these characters has there been anything that you've learned and that you'll kind of take on into life now geez um I guess you're leaving it for me, yeah. So I'll, um, I'll, 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 I need some reflection. No worries. Uh, yeah, no. You guys, you just let me do yours while you just you just uh, think and turn the I wheels. I just looked there. down. I, I, oh, I, I was like, how oh, did I? I? I was just waiting. I was just, I was just waiting for you to go. Okay. Well, um, but no worries. Yeah, take all the time. I'll I'll go first again. Um, <laughs> thanks, Yana. Um, it's all yours. No. <laughs> No, it's such a great question. It's such a beautiful question. Um, um, no, uh, I, I think, um, geez, um, what I learned about myself, um, I think a lot of the things I learned about myself was um, more related to learning about myself as, as an actor um, than anything else. It was, um, I mean, you know, you do, you get fed these wonderful different perspectives and stories and they are going to affect you. I'm not quite sure how I, how I could, um, sum them up. I'm, I'm sure I'll, you know, figure it out one day and go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's probably come from there. But, um, 
in the forefront of my of my mind when I when you ask that question is how it affected me as a, as an actor. Um, and the people I got to work with, the level, the caliber of of ability of of not just the cast but the the entire team from uh, uh, DOP Meg to uh, Alyssa to our writers and, and Kim and Sam and uh, then then even the producers uh, with Lisa and Alex and just this and, and their influence and their passion for it and just the caliber that everyone sat at um, in their respective fields just I think really I, I felt like this immense pressure to to lift you know um, and I think in doing that, there's a lot of struggles. It, it just, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, anxieties that you go through. Going, oh God, like people are so good. Um, but I think I learned a lot about myself um, in in that process, and um, learned to trust myself a lot more. And as an um, just as an artist, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that it's affected me for the better. Um, hopefully, for a long time. So, yeah. That's my answer. Did I give you enough time, Yance? That was a beautiful answer. Such a great question, Anita. Um, I think twofold. Esther, as, some, as a young Jewish woman myself, who is very much in the modern world, a part of modern society, is really beautiful, like what it means to have your culture and, and take it out into the world and, and – um, I think the way Esther did that so beautifully while still staying true to herself but opening up to the world was really something that resonated. And, yeah, I think I learned something from every character I play, but there was a beauty like to to Esther and the way she kind of did that so gracefully. Um, I will hold in my heart. And then, yeah, like Matt said, especially because i mean it's such a thing australian tv sometimes we are under you know tight constraints and we don't have the funding that we wish we could but what it means to come together as a you know a band of people and just kind of pour yourself into this creative project um and do it as authentically and as kindly as possible is something that's really tested when you're under pressure. And I think it's something that we, we, we rose above and like we maintained that authenticity. We maintained the kindness and respect for, for one another and learning what, what sort of artist I want to be in, in those conditions, not just in terms of the output of my acting, but also how how you care for one another in the trenches, <laughs> pardon the pun, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true though. That's beautiful. Guys, this has been amazing. I'm so happy we got to talk. I'm a huge fan of this show. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Good. No, it's so glad to do it. Absolutely. I really am just all crossing all my fingers for a second season because, like I said, I would watch it tomorrow. I would literally binge like three seasons. I just, I just wanted more. I just thought there was it needed then more, 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 Me more, too. more. Me too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on, where's the rest? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I really Thank appreciate you. it. All the great questions. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au.
The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.